Hey everyone, it is Jeff again with another opportunity for me to hand over the host mic to Buck and, and let me get something off my chest for a change. As a lifelong martial artist and a close combat instructor, it's really always bothered me when good intention instructors try to convince students that the skills that they're learning in their class will help them if they're ever attacked on the street. Unfortunately, what I've found is that what's learned in most of the arts that are out there, even so-called reality-based combatives, programs isn't really based on reality, not how you're actually going to get attacked in the street. So I thought I'd share with you the most devastating strikes that are proven to save you every time. These are simple, they're easy to learn, and incredibly powerful. And I can't wait to share them with you. So let's go ahead and get started now. bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. When you're locked in a real fight, one where you may be facing a bigger, stronger attacker, or even multiple attackers, and your life may be on the line, you can't rely on your standard haymaker punch to take your attacker or attackers out fast. Every second counts, and every strike you throw that doesn't end the fight is a chance for your opponent to fight back and send you to the hospital, or worse, the morgue. So... What are the most devastating strikes you can master in the shortest time possible in order to survive a real attack on the street? Well, that's what we're here to find out. Hello, everyone. This is Buck Green, Broadcast Director for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, with another survival podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and patriot. And joining us today to discuss the best strikes to win any street fight is, once again, President of the International Society of Close Quarter Combatants, Jeff Anderson. Jeff, welcome to the program. Thanks, Buck. Jeff is a 10-year combat veteran and a lifelong martial artist and combatist trainer. With his creation of the ISCQC, he's pulled together the top experts on the planet to provide fellow survivalists like you with advanced training in hand-to-hand and weapons combat, tactical firearms training, and urban survival strategies. You can learn more about Jeff and the ISCQC organization at www.iscqc.org. Jeff, I know you're not a big fan of punching in a street fight because you consider punching to be much less effective than other strikes. But the fact is, most people who get in a fight all resort to the haymaker swing to the head to try to knock someone out. Why isn't this the best technique, and what would you consider a better option that doesn't require a lot of training to master? Yeah, I catch a lot of flack for this, um, for for saying that punching is relatively ineffective in a real street fight. In fact, we I have a a video on YouTube that has uh, over 10 million views on it now, and one of the reasons is because it opens up this argument about what's more effective uh, to take somebody out fast in a real street fight. And, you know, if you notice in real fights, you know, just to back my argument, that you'll find that guys are are blindly swinging away at each other's heads trying to get this knockout blow. It's just how we instinctively react to a fight. They just try and swing away 
and and hit the head. The problem is is that that re- that makes your your fighting rely on a lucky punch in order to knock somebody out because punching really is a point to point strike to target technique. It requires you to land a very specific part of your of your fist into a very specific target of somebody's head to really stop the fight. And that and that's hard to do, especially if there's momentum. Like in, in a real fight, people are moving around. They're not stationary. It's not like you're you're hitting a heavy bag or a target. This person is moving around a lot. So you really do rely on a lucky punch. For me, the simplest and one of the most effective strikes that you can use to really end a fight fast is the chin thrust. Now, what is the chin thrust? In close quarters combat, you'll often see this referred to as the chin jab, but but the term jab, it, it, people people think of it like a boxing technique, where it's just like it's a it's a placement thing. It's like it's it's meant to just reach out and touch somebody, or just lightly strike them to to set up for the next attack. With the chin thrust, it's much more powerful. So it's like an uppercut. If you can imagine an, an uppercut coming under somebody's chin and forcing their head up, and you know, the uppercut by itself is is a good knockout blow. The chin thrust, if you think of it like an uppercut, is the same movement, but but it's with an open hand. And there are some advantages to that. One of the things of, of why the chin thrust is, you know, is so effective is that it helps eliminate that size advantage that somebody might have. So if you picture yourself facing somebody who is a six foot five, 300-pound violent thug, that's muscle bound from working in the prison, you know, working out with weights in the prison yard, then, you know, you obviously have a disadvantage in that role because he's so strong, he's so massive. But if you look at your entire body versus not the muscle below his neck, not his chest, not his arms, not his, his, you know, his massive frame, but just the, what he has for structure from his neck up, that's what your whole body is is facing. With the chin thrust, your goal is essentially to take his head off of his shoulders. So it's your your weight versus the weight he has above his neck, which helps eliminate the, the, the factor of the rest of his body. Uh, the other thing is that it's really easy to learn. You don't have to practice this hours and hours in the uh, in the dojo. It's It's a simple, natural movement that we have. It's a pushing movement. And that's something that we do every day in one way or another, and so you don't really have to, to learn it. And the other advantage of it is that it, you really can't achieve a knockout. Like I said, the, the uppercut is a great knockout blow in boxing. Well, this works the same way. There is some, you know, one of the reasons that the uppercut works isn't because of the chin itself. It's not that there's like a secret spot on the chin. It's the, it's the nerves that, that are jarred from the uppercut. You know, there's nerves in the back of the neck that are jarred. It jars the brain. So it's very jarring to the body to get to, to be hit with this type of a strike. So the chin thrust can achieve a knockout. Now, let's talk about how to do it. So one thing is that you want to have – you want to maintain a stable base. So you want to be able to plant your feet. They don't, you don't have to make it obvious. You don't have to plant them before the, the attack, like to set yourself up other than you want to, you want to get set up so when you know that you're going to be in a fight, um, you just want to make sure that you have a stable base to begin with. Because this is a good first strike, preemptive strike, if you do find yourself, uh, you know, facing somebody who's not going to back down. So you want to make sure that you have a good structure to be able to push off of. And when I say push, 
I really do mean push. If you imagine like you're pushing against like a like a pushing against the wall, you can imagine that you're not just standing there pushing. You're actually like leaning into it, pushing the wall. That's the exact same way that you want to look at 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 this strike. You want to lean into your strike so that you can use all of your body weight and power and force and put that all behind that thrust up with your arms. Essentially what you want to do is you want to imagine that you're taking this person's head off of their shoulders, just wiping it clean off their shoulders. And that's going to help de uh, deliver the power into the target that you have. And this is not a point-to-point -point target. So you're using your entire hand or hands versus his his chin or anywhere you can get up underneath his head, it's going to work. So this makes it a lot more effective um, as as a strike. Now, the good thing about this is that you can use one or two hands for this. So with, with a single hand chin jab, it's a great, like I, I would use my, my, um, not my, I want to say my weaker side, but my off side. So if I'm right-handed, I would take the left hand thrust up under the chin, pushing forward, and then be able to follow up with another strike with my with my right hand. Maybe go low to the groin or or um, with an elbow smash or something like that. Uh, with two hands, uh, it's it's a fight ender. And I've done this against a padded attacker who who is about almost 300 pounds. Uh, with this one technique in a fight completely knocked him off. I mean, like his feet went flying up in the air. It's a, it's that effective. And with two hands, you just basically just, you're aiming for the same target, but you're using two hands, leaning into it, just like you're pushing against the wall, but making it very explosive. And, and don't, you know, don't be surprised if you see their feet in front of your face with their, as they're flipping over the side. That's the other advantage of it too, is that not only can it achieve a knockout, but it can also completely take them off balance, which gives you the ability to either follow up with another attack or to, to, you know, escape immediately. Jeff, there are certain strikes that are so brutal that they're not even allowed in so-called no-holds-barred mixed martial arts cage matches. Of course, that basically means these are exactly the type of moves you'd want to resort to in a life-and-death street attack. So what do you see as being the most destructive of these, quote-unquote, illegal moves when it comes to defending yourself in a real fight? Well, yeah, you, and you want to look at why these are, are illegal. Because, I mean, these are still sports-based matches. And you don't want permanent injury to come out of these. I mean, these are, these are athletes. And so you don't want them to like be crippled for life or lose their sight. So that's why they have these. There's still rules in no holds barred type cage matches. You know, you don't. That's why you're allowed to do like an arm bar on somebody to get them to tap out. But you're not just going to like just completely just snap their arm into and get up and start making your victory around around the cage. Uh, the same thing goes with your eyesight. You're not going to permanently blind somebody for the rest of their life for the sake of winning you know, the, the cash prize. That does make them very effective in a street fight where your life is on the line. When somebody doesn't care about a cash prize, when they're just simply trying to, you know, their cash is, is in your, their cash prize is in your wallet and they're willing to do anything, including kill you, in order to take that. So that's why these things that are considered illegal in cage matches work so well at when you're facing somebody who really might be looking to take your life. Um, the... Uh, the, the 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 one of the best strikes that you can use of these illegal moves is is the eye gouge. 
And and that's because if you think about it, if you've ever if you've ever been poked in the eye before, you know how much it hurts, and you know that your eyes water. And if you've ever had like a piece of sand in your eye from the uh, from the beach, you know it like it, it grates on the on the eye, it waters uncontrollably, it it uh it, it's a lot it's very very painful, and you really can't think of anything except getting that sand out of your eye. And the point here is that this happens uncontrollably. So you can't you can't stop it from happening. It's your body's natural reaction. No matter whether you are 400 pounds of solid muscle or whether you are a 125 pound weakling, it doesn't matter. Your your eyes are going to water and they're going to hurt, which makes the eye gouge very very effective because you can't hit what you can't see. More importantly, your attacker can't hit what he can't see. So being able to take their vision allows you to, it opens them up for other attacks to be able to take them out quickly. It also opens, you know, it, it incapacitates them to the point where you can escape and they don't even know where to run after because they can't even see you. Uh, so this, and the other thing is that the eye gouge, if you think about it, you know, when you're trying to attack somebody, you're trying to, you're trying to hit a certain target. Well, an eye gouge, you can do even from behind. So if you're if you're in a ground fight or something like that, you can even reach around and take out somebody's eyesight to be able to incapacitate them. So it, it's really really versatile. Now, when you want to think about how how you actually do the eye gouge, there are a couple of different ways that that you can do it. You can use the thumb. So if you look at grabbing somebody's head, you have your hands on the side where their ears are. You can dig your your thumb into the point where the eye meets the nose. So right in the very beginning. So you're actually trying to, you know, grind your, your thumb into where the tear duct is and, and push straight into brains. Now I know that sounds pretty, you know, pretty brutal and it is. That's why you only want to use this if you, you know, if you're in a real life or death type struggle and you feel like your, your life is in danger. So it is, it is that brutal. The other thing is, uh, so the other way to, that's one way to do it. That works really well, especially like in ground fighting and things like that. The other way to do it is like a claw. So you basically just imagine that you put your hand in like a tiger claw sort of a, sort of a, a, a position and you're just raking right straight down the face. This helps if you have fingernails, you know, where you can scratch at the same time. So it works really well for, for women. Um, and it works really well for, for even for kids. So you want to scratch, you know, you basically claw right down across from the forehead all the way across the eyes, trying to basically basically rip off the the eyelid, and and that's that doesn't require any pinpoint accuracy or anything. You can do this even if your eyes are closed because you can feel your way to the eyes in either one of those positions. It's it's uh it's really really simple. You know, I brought something up the. Um, this is probably one of the best strikes that you can ever teach a child because think about it, you don't need any strength to be able to do this. And a child, if you think about like, you know, if, if you, I have a small son, if he were abducted, picked up or whatever by, by a larger man, you know, what am I going to teach him? A front snap kick to be able to, to get him? Or even my wife, I've got, you know, my wife's very petite, you know, is she really going to, you know, fend somebody off with kicks and punches? That's, you know, three times her size? Probably not. But a child or a woman can actually take and, and gouge the eyes, scratch the eyes 
where somebody can is going to you know loosen up a grip or whatever to be able to go and try and 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 protect their eyes, and they can get away. So it makes it very very effective that way too. The That's other advantage is some parent teacher conferences in your future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you got to teach them the right you know the right time to deliver it, or you know that they have to realize how brutal it is too. Um, but you know, it is probably one of the best things that you can teach them, even more so than like you know. Um, a groin kick or anything like that. So, but here's the other thing that I like about the um, the eye gouge and the claw, is that you can even use it against multiple attackers. Now, I, with multiple attackers, you you know, it's not like in the movies where you can punch two people at the same time or you know, yeah, it's it's just that's not that's not practical. However, because the claw doesn't require any pinpoint accuracy, um, you can just kind of rake down the face. You can essentially, if you're facing off against two people that are within reach of you, even if they're on different sides of you and you have some peripheral vision there, you can reach out to both their faces and grate straight down their, their, their front of their face with your nails and essentially take out two people's eyesight and take them out of the fight. Again, they can't hit what they can't see. So if you can do this and you can take out their eyesight, then you've got, you can either follow up with a, um, with, with striking with follow-up strikes with one of them, or focus on a third person that is now a primary, you know, target in the fight. So it, it can be. This is one of the only things that you can use versus multiple attackers, where you can strike two people at the same time. Okay, you've been listening to Buff's interview with me on the most devastating street strikes that anybody can master, and I have a lot more to share with you coming right up, including the truth about kicking in a street fight what to do when the fight goes to the ground, and one simple trick for how to defeat an attacker that's much bigger and stronger than you. In fact, on that note, before we get back into my interview, please check out this special message and offer now. Imagine staring up at a six foot nine, 350-pound biker dude, rage in his eyes, ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him. Would you know exactly what to do? Without cowering in fear, without begging for mercy, without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror, you will now with this simple three-step plan. One, don't take your family to biker bars. That's really kind of stupid, isn't it? Two, harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence. And three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you and your free DVD you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and unleash your true potential to kick ass. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with my special broadcast where I share the most devastating speed strikes that could literally save your life if you're ever forced to defend yourself in a real-world violent attack. 
Let's not waste any more time. So here's Buck as we continue with our interview. Jeff, a lot of martial arts type kicks require a lot of repetitive practice to master and be somewhat uh, complicated to perform. Can this be effective, and do you know of any good kicks that are powerful enough for incapacitating an attacker and yet easy to master for someone who doesn't want to spend hours and hours practicing? Yeah, I spent, the begin, obviously the beginning of all my training was spent in more traditional martial arts, in karate and kung fu. And I remember trying to perfect my kicks before my next belt test. And, you know, I you had to have perfect balance and you had to thrust a certain way and I had to to turn my if I was a if it was a front snap kick I had to turn my toes up and hitting with the ball of my foot and if it was a side kick I had to hit you know twist my ankle down a certain way to be able to create a more rigid surface and connect with the heel so it it requires pinpoint accuracy and very specific physical dynamics in order to deliver those types of kicks effectively. The problem is in a real fight, you can't do that. You're not going to pick your you're not, not going to, you know, tip, pick your toes up. You're going to have the front of your the front of your shoe is going to be hitting with somebody and then, you know, then you've got the toes to absorb there unless you have, you know, it, it's just it gets real wonky in real fights. But there is one kick that um I found to be the most powerful as far as delivering force. And that's the stomp kick. And when I think about it, this is probably one of the only, this is one of only maybe two kicks that you really need to know ever to be able to defeat somebody really, really quickly. And why it's effective is because you already know how to do it. I mean, if you think about if, if, if a house were on fire and you had to break through a door to get to somebody inside, how would you try and kick down that door? You know, would you do a front snap kick with the ball of your foot? Would you do a side snap kick? Would you do a roundhouse? Would you, what would you do? Your natural instinct to deliver the most power is to kick through that door with a front stomp, just trying to, to, to stomp your, your entire foot right through where the door handle is. Well, that's essentially the same, what you're trying to do with the stomp kick. You know, you can, you can put a lot of body weight behind it versus what you can do like with a snap kick where you're you're standing up. Now I know look, I know there's some great martial artists out there. I know you can do amazing snap kicks and it would it would put me on the ground and I would be writhing in pain. We're not talking about that. We're not we're talking about what can you do, what can you master very quickly and that's still going to be powerful in a real fight that's going to be that you can actually pull off in a real fight. And the stomp kick doesn't require a lot of practice. You know how to do it already. It doesn't require a lot of balance either. So here's how you do it. You literally just imagine that you're kicking down a door. Just imagine that your attacker is a door, and you are going to go through that door, and there's a fire on the other side, and your kids are trapped inside, your girlfriend's trapped inside, and you've got to get there. That's exactly how you want to think about this kick. You don't want to make it like something you'd reach for. So if you were going to kick through a door, you wouldn't stand like six feet away and then try and reach forward to the door. It's a, it's essentially a, an almost a close quarters type kick because you essentially are going to try and replace their body with your body. That's how far you want to move into this kick. You're, you're fully committing yourself and you're stomping right through this person so that wherever their feet are, that's essentially where you're going to land when you're all done, when you're done through this. 
So you do want to try and use your heel because that is the the most um, the hardest striking power. That's the most rigid surface that you're going to have. That's a, that's delivering direct power from your body through your legs straight down into your heel. So that's going to be where your most power is going to be delivered, and you want to kick with. So, um, so that's the key to the striking surface. And the other thing is that you really want to drive through your targets. Now, the other thing besides delivering the most power, when you drive through your target, when you imagine that you're not kicking that surface, if you're not, if you're thinking about a door, you're not kicking the door. You're kicking beyond the door. You're kicking into the floor beyond the door. You're trying to like go past that door. Now, now it just does this, one thing this does is it delivers all of your power to one specific surface. This is a, a martial arts secret is that when you kick past something or you strike past something, it delivers all of your power into a small, compact um, surface area on your target. Um, that's one of the keys to really delivering power. But the other thing it does is that it maintains your forward momentum. So, again, if you think about yourself um, you know, um, taking the place of your attacker, you know that creates forward momentum that puts them off balance. Even if you don't deliver, like, a knockout kick, then it's it's a great – you know, it's going to maintain your forward momentum to keep them off balance so you can follow up with other strikes. Now, the targets for this are are pretty simple. You don't want to try and do a stomp kick to the head when they're standing up. So you want to maintain your balance and your power by kicking anywhere from, like, their waist on down. So a really good target for this is the bladder. So you don't have to try to, like, kick the kick the groin, but straight, you know, just above the groin, where the bladder is, there's nothing really protecting anything in there. And a bladder is a bladder kick is very similar to a groin kick. They're still going to double over in pain. It's very very powerful. Uh, the other really good area to strike with this is the knee. A stomp kick to the knee is very simple to do. Um, it completely takes away their structure. It doesn't matter if their knee is. I know you'll see like a lot of martial artists where you know like the, the leg is straight and you're kicking into and snapping the leg in half basically by kicking straight through the knee when their when their leg is locked out. Like most time nobody's knee is going to be not locked out like that in a rough fight. Their knees are going to be bent. But going to the side is just as powerful. In fact you can you can it's even more powerful because it's more likely and you're going to be able to take them off balance. So you can strike you can stomp straight into their knee either from the left or right side. Doesn't matter what way they're facing. And that's going to be really effective for completely taking away their structure. It's going to put them down on the ground, potentially even cripple them. And the other place that you can stomp is really a close quarters combat technique, and that's the top of the foot, right where the you tie your shoelaces on your on your tennis shoes. Those um, there's like these tiny little bones there, and you can stomp down into those bones, and they're easier to break. Now this opens up a huge debate because I know some people say I've been stomped on and it didn't hurt. I've been stomped on and it has hurt. And the, the fact is, is that you stomp down really good with your heel, you are going to break those bones. They're not hard to break. And so that's, a, that's another really good, like if you're locked up in a close quarters combat grapple, it's a really good place uh, to stomp. Even if it doesn't break those bones, it is very effective for taking them off balance and delivering a lot of pain, taking away their structure so that you can follow up with another attack. 
Jeff, one of the biggest fears of a lot of guys is facing someone in a real fight who is much larger and stronger than them because while we know that most of the really effective strikes are done in close quarters range, it's also easier for a bigger attacker with a longer, powerful reach uh, could just pick you up and throw you around. What's your number one best strike against a larger, stronger attacker that can overcome their power and reach advantage? Well, if we're talking about kicks, <clears throat> then... You know, kicks kicks are a great way. If somebody has a longer reach than you, a, a kick is a great way to take away their their reach power. So, like like you said, if they, you know, if you get in close, it's possible that they can just basically manhandle you, just grab you, um, start pounding, you know, grab and pound away at you. Kicks can be effective for keeping them at bay a little bit more, um, but we also know that your best strikes, your knockout type strikes, are typically done in close quarters range. So there's one kick that's proven very effective against bigger, stronger attackers that um, it doesn't force you to get in close to be able to try and deliver it. And and this is the quadriceps kick. And if you think about it in terms of if you're, you know, when you're a kid, when we were kids, maybe it was just our, you know, we were just more sadistic than others or whatever. But, you know, we used to do uh, like Charlie horse, you know, where you, you kind of come up to somebody and you take your knuckle and you drive it into the to the outside of their quad, their upper their upper leg, which is where, the, you know, the quadriceps is your upper leg muscles. So you just kind of take your knuckle and you punch them in the side of the leg and it and it hurts like hell. So it gives I mean, you like flashbacks to junior high. <laughs> exactly. So so it's you know, it, it it aches like hell. It really does hurt. And that's because. There are a bunch of of nerves there that go from you know they're they're you know like your main you know some of your main nerves come along the outside of the leg, which is why you have so much muscle and flesh there because you know you've it, it's a protector against those nerves when you bang into stuff that's why your upper leg muscles are 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 bigger than like your lower leg muscles so the charlie horse punch that kids do is effective. But imagine delivering a, a kick to that to that place and magnifying that Charlie horse by like ten thousand. And why I say this is proven is because if anybody is like the old school, um, you know, cage matches, the old school UFC fights, where Tank Abbott was just he was an icon, and Tank Abbott was this two hundred and sixty-five pound monstrosity from the biker bar. That you, he was like the one guy you never wanted to come up against. He was huge. He was tattooed. He was shaved. He was, yeah, he was just, he was a monster. And he was just a, he was a brawler. And so when he fought, he would just come out swinging and, and just try and take your head off your shoulders. And he was, he was effective. He was arguably effective because he lost more fights than he won because he couldn't – he was so big he couldn't last long in a fight, which is why he just tried to take somebody out quickly. But in a in a real fight, though, that's more effective. If you think about it, when you're not dancing around a ring or anything like that, you know, in a real fight, that type of – that's mostly what you're going to face up – be up against. Now, what I remember from watching Tank Abbott's fights was that there were much smaller guys that he was up against that took him out from this quadriceps kick. And all they had to do was basically just eliminate his reach by kicking in uh, to the side of his of his leg. And he could take no more than maybe two or three of those kicks before he was out of the fight. 
And you could visibly see once that kick was delivered into his quadriceps that he, he was done. He was just absolutely done. He could not put any structure on that leg, and so he couldn't throw any of his attacks. So this has been proven that that this is very effective against much larger attackers. Now, how do you do that? Essentially, what you're doing is you're using your shin as the striking surface, which is very, very hard, and you're striking it against something that's very, very soft, essentially. So you've got padding there from from his the flesh and, and muscle that they have on their leg, but in order to get through to those nerves, this is not a, a surface strike. You need to drive through the leg as if you're cutting off his leg. You're trying to just hack it away with one, with one single slice, take off his leg. So you need to twist your body into the strike so that you're delivering all of your body weight, all of that momentum from your leg, all that power that you have. You want to take that and put all of that behind your shin. So when you're facing somebody, you know, your your best attack is going to be from a rear leg. And especially if you're facing somebody who's bigger and stronger than you, um, even you know, their their reaction is going to be slower typically, especially if they're drunk. But Tank Abbott was so huge that he just couldn't respond fast enough. So when you think about taking your back leg, bringing it through, twisting your body, and just taking your your shin and driving it straight through his leg. That's going to deliver the power that you need to hit those nerves that run all up and down that leg. Now, think about it. You're not using a pinpoint striking surface of you. You're using your entire shin. That gives you a lot of a lot of buffer zone. And you're hitting it against the entire you know quadriceps area of his upper leg on the outside, which gives you a large target zone. So this gives you a lot of leeway about where you're going to strike. And you can practice this on a heavy bag. I, I recommend like a heavy bag. Um, this this kick is so effective. I've done this on like a the the plastic the um the padded um the padded bag that that sits on like a a plastic base. You know, it's got the plastic base that comes up through it. And these are great for punching and things like that. When you deliver this kick to that type of a bag, you will feel the plastic inside of the bag. It hurts like hell on your shin because it's not very forgiving. Like that pole doesn't move as much as a person will. Essentially, that pole is bone. So if if I can feel that plastic through, you know, with my kick, I can feel that hard, rigid interior, that's bone. And when you do that in a real fight, that's going to break bone. That is going to, that is going to, is going to take them, that's going to take, completely take away that person's structure. And all it's going to take is like one kick to be able to, to, to do that and take somebody, even a larger, stronger attacker, take them out of the fight. Jeff, everyone has heard that most street fights end up on the ground in either an exhausting wrestling match or a ground and pound where one fighter is able to mount the other and just punch away at his head. Uh, but is punching really effective in a ground fight, and is there a better alternative that will allow you to end the fight quickly? Yeah, first of all, you don't want to be on the ground in a fight. I and mean, most people know that. I mean, when you're on the when you're on the ground, you're very susceptible to uh, to mo- this guy's buddies jumping in and start stomping away at your head. And I've seen this multiple times in real gang fights in in my line of work. So, your goal is to get off the ground as quickly as possible. But if you are on the ground, you can tell from watching real video clips that punching is really ineffective. Most people, when they get on the ground, they, they sit on top of the attacker and they just kind of punch away at the head trying to trying to land a good blow and the other person is just trying to deflect punches. So 
you can see from all of the number of punches that you see thrown should tell you that punching is ineffective um, in a ground fight. A better option is what I call the elbow smash. Now, what is an elbow smash? Well, it's it's like an elbow strike. So if you imagine uh, like a from martial arts or self-defense class, an elbow strike where you're using the essentially on the outside of your forearm, that the hard bony part, it's about a six-inch striking surface that starts about two inches or two or three inches below your elbow. Is a uh, It's a good rigid surface. You can consider it kind of like your own lead pipe that you have in your body to use as a, as a striking surface. Um, and, it, you know, it's very hard, and uh, it, it works very effectively in a street fight. Um, one of the reasons is because it is such a hard striking surface. There's less absorption, absorption from the joint. So if you imagine you're punching somebody, when you, when you, when your punch lands onto the striking surface, you have all of these different joints that, that are, are giving way to that strike. So, you know, you have your, all the way from your knuckles to your wrist to your elbow to your shoulder, that creates kind of a shock absorption, which doesn't deliver as much power into the strike. Um, with the elbow smash, um, and, and we're talking about ground fighting here, so I'm saying it's like an elbow strike, but I'm calling it smash for a reason, because you're going to be using this on the ground. Okay, so what this does is if you imagine that you're, if you can get to the mount um, position, instead of punching away at somebody, the elbow smash is essentially driving your, your uh, this striking service, your elbow, into the ground, essentially, and whatever's in between there is just going to be crushed. And using it in this manner, when you don't think about it in punching, you're able to drive more of your whole body, your whole upper body momentum into the strike. When you think about punching, a lot of people don't, don't um, they're afraid, you know, if you, if you miss the person's head, you're going to be punching the ground, you're going to break your knuckles, you're going to break your wrist. So we instinctively, when we punch from the mount position, we instinctively stay up and don't really put as much power as we could behind the strike. With an elbow smash, it's such a large striking surface to, um, to their, your, your striking target that you don't have that natural instinctive fear of hurting your body that happens subconsciously. So you're able to drive more of your whole body into it. The other thing is that when you do strike your tack, your target, um, they're, they're, body is stationary. In other words, they're not going backwards at all because they're on the ground. So you're delivering more force into the striking surface because they're not moving anywhere. And this is so effective that you can literally do this in one or two blows. I've done this against a fully padded attacker with a head cage on and everything, and you can feel the difference. In fact, they had the we were running a training exercise. I was able to get on top of an attacker and after two elbow smashes, he, the attacker yelled out, stop, stop, because he could feel it through a head cage. That was how effective those blows were. And he got up, he took off the head cage, and he shook his head, and he's like, man, if that were a real fight, I would be out cold right now. That's how effective the elbow smash can be. Now, a word of warning here. This is not meant for a ground and pound. This is not meant for you to get down on the ground or even when you're in, when you're taken down to the ground. It's not meant for you to get to the mount position and just start smashing away on this. You need to get off the ground and get gone. That's what you need to focus on. So literally in one or two of these strikes is all you need. And it doesn't matter if their hands are up trying to deflect your punch or whatever. 
because you're driving so much of your force down in with your elbow, it's going to go crashing through their arms and stuff. Or you can take their you can take your your off arm and and quickly deflect their um, their hands that are, might be up like toward your face or whatever, deflect them down toward your body and then drive through with your with your elbow and smash through. Um, this is really easy to practice and and notice effectiveness. All you need to do is take a heavy bag. And, and you can do this test yourself. Take a heavy bag and get on the ground and get on top of it and punch it as hard as you can, like where the head would be. Just punch it as hard as you can. And then take your elbow and do the same thing. Just drive it down in there. You'll notice that it probably magnifies your power by about 10 times and what you can actually de deliver in force behind that blow. So it's really easy to practice on a heavy bag like this. Again, one or two strikes, get off the uh, get off the person that you're hitting, and get gone. Jeff, these types of strikes are obviously going to build up a really powerful arsenal for our listeners, and we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Now, for those looking for more, even advanced information on how to survive a real street attack, we invite you to check out our best-selling close combat course at www.streetfightinguncaged.com where you'll find even more powerful tactics for ending a fight fast. And now, until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, train hard, stay safe, prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. <laughs>